Welcome to the Improvement Imminent Podcast. I'm Philip Weigel, here with my brother, John Michael. Together, we set out to create a better program that can bridge the gap between gyms and help more athletes improve their fitness. Each week, we ask ourselves, what can we do better? And we challenge each of you to do the same. Our mission is to share our knowledge from our nearly two decades of experience as CrossFit athletes and coaches to help you approach each day's training with more purpose. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Improvement Imminent Podcast. Here's our second half of the week. We're giving you Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, So let's get started with that. Thursday, we're doing a a multiple stage workout. Each stage is going to be a five-minute AMRAP, and there's a three-minute rest in between the stages. So the first stage is going to be three wall climbs, ten toes to bar, and you're going to repeat that for five minutes. Um, Those three quick wall climbs, we really don't want to take a lot of break there. And then the 10 toes to bar, you're not looking at a lot of breaks either because it's a relatively small set. Yeah, wall climbs, we've learned in the past, you guys can push yourself pretty hard. um, But make sure that you guys keep your wall climb standard quality. So come all the way back down to the ground from the top. Don't drop uh, and do a full wall climb. If you guys are doing full wall climbs, it's not going to take that much longer to get through the three. as if you guys were dropping from the top. Uh, So just keep that quality high. And like Phil said, transition time really matters in this one. If the rig is close to the wall for you guys, um, that's good. Just go one back to the other. But if you guys do have to make that trip, uh, make sure you guys have chalk somewhere in the middle if you're going to be using any. And grab it on your way because we want you right onto that pull-up bar. Yeah, with wall climbs though, guys, um, it's really important to remember it's, it's a great skill transfer drill. Yes, it's, it's work, but it's also work that if you do it well, it can make you a very safe and strong gymnastics athlete. Um, so, so being smart about holding your body in a hollow and really treating that movement with some respect instead of just flopping up and flopping down the wall, you get so much more out of it. And, and when we program it, we really mean for it to be done that way, not necessarily as the fastest wall climb in the world, but as a very solidly, accurately performed wall climb. That's where we see the benefit in it. Um, so try to hold true to that because that'll, that'll do you the best in terms of the results you'll get out of it. Yep. So five minutes there with those two movements, then three-minute rest. Then we're on to five-minute AMRAP of wall ball shots. Um, there's, a, there's a little hiccup here. Each time you drop the ball, you're going to have to do five lateral burpees over the ball. Uh, so a little bit of planning and strategy will help you here, kind of picking out sets that you think you can hold or, or a structure of sets that will allow you to get a pretty sizable chunk of reps in each set that you do uh, so you don't need to do a ton of burpees. Yeah, normally we tell you guys fives or tens isn't a bad idea when you're doing wobbles fast, but this is going to be one where it changes a little bit, and you're going to try to pick a number that's near the upper rep range while still being able to go unbroken multiple times in a row. So imagine instead of doing fives, if you guys could hold on to, we'll say, 15 or even 20, um, and you guys could continue to do that over and over and over again, then you guys would have to do way, way less burpees at the end of the workout. And that's really the goal. The most wall balls with the least amount of burpees. Yeah, if you can do an even bigger chunk to start, like Mm -hmm. opening up with 30 or so, and then maybe doing a 20 and then dropping into 15s, um, then that, that works even better because you get a bigger bite of wall ball only without that side of burpees to, to, to kind of 
Well, it's not that burpees are a problem. It's just the incentive here is to, to do bigger chunks on wall balls. It really is. Yep. This is going to be a tough one because there is no rest built into it. The rest is burpees. So make sure that you guys really try to hammer those five minutes because we have the three-minute rest before and the three-minute rest after. So it's intended to be a five-minute effort where when we finish our burpees, you guys put the ball right back on the wall, maybe take one big breath, and then you're picking it up and you're moving again. Yep. Um, we've got one more five-minute AMRAP to do. It's going to be 10 kettlebell swings followed by 10 kettlebell push presses, five per side. Uh, the 10 kettlebell swings, definitely looking unbroken with this sort of weight, 53 pounds for guys and 35 for ladies. And then, honestly, I would advise you to just kind of swing it off of your 10th rep right up and into one of your shoulders so that you can begin your push presses. You get to dip and drive and press it up. Those should pretty much be unbroken too. A five quick rep on one side, either set it down or use a transitional switch. Um, that half rotation switch would be my preference. And, and then putting it on the other shoulder to do another five reps. Remember with the kettlebell, we really don't wanna set it on top of the shoulder. We're not trying to keep it closer to our overhead position. We're trying to put it in a, fr- a proper kettlebell rack position, which means that your elbow is down along your ribs uh, it's going to force you to lean back just a tiny bit, which makes things awkward and difficult. And you have to remember to squeeze your butt and your belly to keep your core protected and your spine protected while you dip and drive. Uh, this is this should be a lot of reps that you can complete in pretty much each of these. All of these are designed to be continuous motion cycles. You've got five minutes and you do not stop moving. You move as quickly as you as you can while staying effective through the five minutes and then you take a break after you shouldn't be catching yourself taking a big rest in the middle of the kettlebell work Um, maybe a little bit of chalk on the hands and then right back on the bell so you can accumulate some more reps and and put in some more work following Uh, oh yeah anything else no you can take it away following that we're going to go on to friday strength is going to be building to a one rep max front squat but we're going to have you guys go off of the five three one structure So we're going to do two sets of five reps and then three sets of three reps and then four sets of the one rep. We've done this before and we like it a lot. It's a really good natural taper in. So we start with the fives and you guys can kind of drill in the technique, lighter weight. As we get up into the threes, it gets a little heavier and we start applying that technique with heavy weight. And then as we get into the ones, naturally you guys just end up working your way up towards that one rep. So what we say here is we want you guys to hit that one rep on that third one. Leave that fourth one so that you guys can either go for a, another lift of the same weight if you miss it or if you make a mistake, or if you hit it and you feel really good, you have that next one to go for a new, um, a new heavier weight. So we want you guys to give yourself a little bit of buffer there. That way, in case it all goes well or in case you have a mistake, you have that extra round to get even heavier in weight or to reattempt what you guys just did. Yeah, we did a one rep max on a push press earlier in the week because mm-hmm. uh, we're we're getting into more of a pressing overhead and front squatting cycle. So you guys can expect a lot of time in the front rack in the coming months. Uh, as a result, I would definitely start amping up your front rack mobility work, right? Working on your shoulders and your and your triceps, trying to loosen things up so you can better support barbells and thus have a better chance of moving weights heavier uh heavier weights in general and moving heavier weights more safely as well that front rack super important and this front squat's no exception um with those reps really be smart make sure you're taking enough rest as you get into the singles don't don't 
pin yourself in a corner where you only have five minutes to do three more lifts uh, or that rush is going to throw you off and make it much more difficult to lift heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, following that, that lift, we're going to go into an interval style workout. It's four rounds and you guys are going to do one minute AMRAP of each station with a 30 second rest to rotate to the next movement. Um, so it's going to be a one minute AMRAP of ski calories, bike calories, and row calories. You guys are going to run through um, the ski for a minute, then rest for 30 seconds and rotate. Bike for a minute, rest for 30 seconds, rotate. Row for a minute, rest for 30 seconds, rotate. Uh, four rounds through puts this at 12 rounds total, um, or I can try to do the math real quick. I think 18 minutes, uh, maybe just under 18 minutes. So we've done a couple workouts like this where we are on all three of the um, concept two elements, but um, this one's going to be a teeny bit different. Normally we have an equal work to rest ratio. That's how intervals tend to be set up. This one's going to be a little more, uh, a little more push just because there's not as much rest. So you guys are going to have to try to push that minute knowing that you have to get onto the next one. Uh, It's not that extreme sprint, everything you got, and then you get to fully recover again, again, again. It's going to be a little more, you guys have to kind of gauge where you're at and push to that limit that you can, but not past it and then crush yourself. Your goal out the gate should really be consistency because like you said, there's not enough rest. There's not enough rest to fully recover. So Mm -hmm. you go out on the the calorie ski trying to set a number that you'll be able to maintain uh, as you come back around to it, rounds two, three, and four. Really, consistency is key here. You do get some rest, but not enough to fully recover. Work hard, but keep yourself in that uh, pretty uncomfortable range. Probably after the first two intervals, things should things should stay about the same in terms of the discomfort you feel until that very last round where you can maybe amp up the pace a little bit and spend what you've got left. Yeah, if you guys remember the counting calorie concept, mm-hmm. that workout that we did, uh, it's going to be very similar to that. Just imagine a miniature version where it's really front-loaded. So most of the workout is in that front end. The calorie counting concept, it got bad after maybe a minute like 18. But this one's going to get bad, I'd say, probably after around one. Uh, Just with that little rest, you guys are really going to start having it catch you. So like Phil said, it's consistency. If you guys go out at a new world record calorie um, on any of these machines, expect it to beat you into the ground that next round. Oh, yeah. Um, We need to bring back the concept, don't we? That was that one. No, we do not need to bring that one back ever. We do because that's what it's a benchmark now. That is a benchmark. So you'll see that soon enough, guys. Oh, gosh. Stay tuned. On Saturday, wrapping up our week, we are going to be working in teams of three, and we're going to start with a relay sprinting 200 meter repeats. Uh, so in your team of three. One person is going to run a 200, come back, slap hands with the next, and they run. And then the third person runs. Uh, These are sprints because you're going to get twice as much rest as you got work. Uh, We did a workout with teams of three not terribly long ago, I think like a month or two ago, where it was the same idea. You have to sprint aggressively when you're up to bat uh, because you're going to get a lot of rest. It's a super aggressive interval because you get to rest twice as long as you worked, essentially, before you have to pick up uh, the mantle and go again. After those 200-meter sprints, you're going to go as a team into 100 burpee pull-ups, then 200 jumping lunges, and then 300 
plate from ground to overhead. Uh, and we're going to use 45 for guys and 35 pounds for ladies. Then the workout will finish when you have completed a 12 by 100 foot bear crawl relay. Also, this should be a sprint, right? Every movement on this list, you should approach it with a sprint pace in mind. Yeah, so this is a one partner works, one partner rest workout. Two partners uh, rest. My bad, yeah, yeah. One partner works, two partners rest workout. So you guys do have, like Phil said, twice as much rest as work. That just means when you guys are getting into that movement, um, be honest about how much you guys can do and keep a sprint. If 10 reps on the burpee pull-ups, you guys can sprint through 10. Um, but when you try to push up towards 15, you really start to die off, then cut it at 10. Use your rest, use your partners, let them do what they can, and then get back on it. Uh, there's no reason for you guys to go above and beyond what your sprint capacity allows you, just because then your team suffers also. Uh, so just let yourself push right up to that edge of sprinting, and then reel back, take your rest, and then again. I think it's a good idea to communicate beforehand mm-hmm. and kind of get a plan. Absolutely. Uh, but also, you better be flexible enough if it's not working that you change the numbers slightly or drastically to enable everybody to uh, to get the right things out of this workout. Yep. Um, let's talk about the jumping lunges for a second because what do we want those to be? Yeah. Um, with the jumping lunge, we want you guys to get that explosion off the ground. Uh, I would like to see everyone jump in some capacity. The, um, these are less about speed than they yeah. are about extension. Yep. This is about pushing yourself away from the floor and then alternating the legs underneath you. Um, we understand if you're injured, then that's mm-hmm. not going to work as well if you have certain injuries, in which case we're always going to be flexible and change things up for you. Um, we want this to be safe and effective, but if we can do it, then our intent is to have a push completely off the floor, full extension of the legs and the alternation happening while the body is extended in the air. At no point in time in a good jumping lunge should we find you leaning forward. Yep. These should be nice vertical spines, nice and upright. Um, yep, this actually plays well into any type of driving movement from the front rack. We just talked about that. If you guys are driving from the front rack, having a vertical torso is the best way to get energy to transfer up mm-hmm. from the heels up through the bar where you guys are most likely pressing overhead. Um, so doing these with intention is going to have a great carryover. Uh, I love this in warm-ups before we do like a push press just because it does a great job at keeping the chest vertical. Um, But on these, this is going to be the one movement where if you guys are not very comfortable with jumping lunges, that is okay. You have partners. So do what you can and use them. That way you guys can practice a new movement. Uh, If you write it off immediately and say, I'm not going to do it, then expect not to get better at it. Um, But if you guys can do, I'd say if you guys can do six reps at a time, great. That's three each leg, and then you hand it off to your partners. They do what they can, and then you get back at it. Um, And by the end of this workout, if you're trading back and forth ten times, you end up getting a decent chunk of work in. Yeah, I mean, if we breaked it, if we breaked it, if we broke it into thirds, each of you would be doing about sixty-six jumping lunges. Um, So that's not. Oh yeah, that is true. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, that's. I'm not not good at math. It's not a terrible volume, uh, but at the same time, it's not tiny. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, intention is everything. This is how good athletes become better, and and general athletes become good athletes, is by putting the right intention into the work they do, and understanding that that's what leads to the results that they're asking for. All right. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed these last three days of the week. Uh, We'll catch you again on the weekend bringing out the start of next week and uh as always let us know if you have any comments questions concerns our our need for feedback is is real 
Mm-hmm. We don't know what we don't know, so let us know. If you guys have anything to tell us, please put it in the comments section or shoot us emails. There's definitely several ways to get a hold of us, Absolutely. so take advantage. See you guys in the gyms.